Hello, hello and welcome to the Baggies podcast. I'm sure you're all aware if you're listening on YouTube that uh, you'll be able to see my face. This is a first ever audio visual podcast, whatever you want to call it. You'll be able to see my face, you'll be able to see different graphics around the screen. I'm hoping if my editing is up to scratch. However, at the moment you'll be able to see my face. Uh, obviously, got a new microphone, got a bit of a new setup going on. So hopefully it'll make things a lot clearer, especially if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The, the audio should be a bit better than normal. And hopefully you guys will be able to enjoy that as much as I've enjoyed uh, testing things out and obviously giving you the best experience that I can. But as I'm sure you're all aware, it's episode 28 and of course... West Bromwich Albion have beaten Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Black Country Derby. Of course, what a phenomenal result for West Bromwich Albion. 3-2 at the Molyneux. Uh, You know, nine years on from our last meeting with them, which was a a game in which we beat uh, them 5-1 in their own backyard with Peter Odenwingi scoring a hat-trick. Now, that's obviously a big milestone for us, and that's obviously uh, something that we can build on uh, in our situation uh, but we're going to have a Wolves fan on today. We're going to have uh, James, who is a Wolves fan, and he's also a FIFA YouTuber, or as I call it, I'll call him Bish. But it, we'll be interviewing him. He's a Wolves fan and a FIFA YouTuber, so you can go and check that out in the uh, description below his, his FIFA channel. But obviously, we're going to be questioning him about the game, talking about the different points, and also a bit of Wolves chat on there as well about whether Nuno Espirito Santo should be sacked as manager of Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's obviously a topic on everybody's well, Wolves fans' lips at the moment. But before that, we've got to review the game. Then after that, we're going to be talking about uh, West Ham United away on Tuesday night. Then we're going to be going into all the latest transfer news and, of course, giving you the latest on all the different deals that are going on uh, at the Hawthorns or lack of deals, of course. But we're going to be talking about the game first and then we're going to interview Bish and then look ahead to West Ham and then go on to some transfer news. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode of the Baggies podcast. It's episode 28 in the first part of the episode, the introduction of episode 28 of the Baggies podcast. We beat Wolverhampton Wanderers at the Molyneux. What a feeling for West Bromwich Albion supporters. Uh, you say before the game, I don't think many West Brom fans would have given us hope in that particular game. I don't think many West Brom fans would have looked at the lineup given and said uh, that we'd win the game. Of course, a few absentees, if you weren't aware. Uh, we're going to be going through the lineup now. So let's, uh, let's have a look. Uh, for West Bromwich Albion, we went out with Button in goal. Gibbs left back, Bartley and Ajay centre backs with O'Shea at right back. Grisicki, Livermore, Sawyers and Snodgrass uh, across the middle four. Snodgrass, of course, making his West Bromwich Albion debut after signing from West Ham. And then we've got Pereira and, of course, Robinson up front. So obviously a bit of a mixed bag of uh, players in there. A few different absentees. Uh, you'd be probably noticing in the goalkeeping position there was no Sam Johnston, something which uh, we've missed quite a lot. Uh, we, which we would have missed quite a lot uh, normally with his fantastic performances this year. But uh, he's unfortunately, I think, he, he's a COVID absentee, uh, as confirmed by the club, one of the confirmed cases, along with Matt Phillips, who wasn't um, present for the Blackpool game, but uh, won't be, and, and neither was Sam Johnston, but they were both uh, out after testing positive for COVID-19, along with Grady Dean Garner, who is uh, who hasn't tested positive for COVID-19, but... Um, has been he's been out with a hamstring injury. Apparently, he was out let yesterday, which uh, altered Sam's lineup at the last minute. So, an interesting lineup, uh, one in which uh, Snodgrass came in to make his debut. Now, I should add a great performance from Robert Snodgrass. Uh, I thought he battled really hard. The stats on his his game today, I'm going to just read them out for you. So, he had the most tackles in the match with uh, with three. His pass percentage success was seventy three percent. Played 90 minutes for us. 
he was very good with his uh, with his uh, crosses, three crosses, uh, 19 passes, uh, nine duels won, five clearances, uh, two dribbles uh, succeeded and two dribbles attempted, so 100% in that in that category. Uh, three tackles succeeded, nine ball recoveries. I thought he was excellent today, Robert Snodgrass. I think he deserves a lot of credit for his performance, especially on a debut. I think he's worked worked his socks off there. And if you hadn't seen Snodgrass before, you'd have think he's a homegrown talent. You know, he's he's played for West Brom all his life, and he knows exactly what this derby meant to him. And I I think he did. I think he knew exactly what the derby meant to him. I think he knew exactly what was expected of him in in the game. I think he knew what was um what was uh what was expected of him to perform in today's game. I think you know he just had it all today. I think the grit and determination was really exemplified in the entire team by Robert Snodgrass today. And I think he ought to be really proud of his performance. Uh, a great performance from Robert Snodgrass. Um, Grisicki was given a start after his uh, decent second half display at Blackpool. Um, didn't really impress me too much, if I'm being honest. But of course, um, yeah, I thought I thought he was. He was. I, I mean, in the Blackpool game, he did impress me, but not not especially today, to be honest. Uh, you had Bartley and Ajayi. Now they deserve an immense amount of credit. A goal and an assist between them. So there was a goal for Ajayi and an assist for Bartley for that goal from Ajayi to, from that long throw-in. I just thought they were a superb, absolutely fantastic battling performance from, from both players. I thought they worked the socks off. I thought they played the best possible game that they could have. I think they did the right thing. Um, they put their bodies on the line. They battled all the way throughout the game. And obviously Ajayi getting a goal from a long throw, a big Sam long throw, I mean... I never thought they would work with our team, but they have, and they have worked very effectively. I think Bartley and Ajayi have a lot to, uh, to a lot to be credited for today's performance. They uh, Bartley again, another one that looked like he'd been playing for West Brom all his life, and that this game really mattered to him, and he knew exactly how much it meant. Um, so him and Snodgrass for me, two really battling performances, and Ajayi just a really superb class performance. And then you had in the midfield, you had Livermore and Sawyers. Livermore played all right. I think he got his foot in when needed. Uh, Sawyers, I, I don't want to put a dampener on this victory, but he's still a bit of a problem in that midfield of the part for me. You consider that this was a big game for him, uh, being a local lad, black country born and bred, and a West Bromwich Albion fan. So it, it just I didn't see much passion or desire from Remain. Yeah, there was a couple of chances where he let the opposition... Um, take the ball off him and he didn't really put up much of a fight for it and then there's a few times where he gave the ball away in that midfield which I say would have probably you know could have perhaps given the game away you know if Wolves had taken their chances a bit better uh, Pereira obviously two penalties today uh, coming back from that penalty miss against uh, Blackpool very good for me today uh, he put on Twitter you know that he wanted to be better and that, that all the talk about contracts were was just incorrect but of course we know Mateus Pereira is a hard-working young lad and he's obviously trying to make things work. And he's shown us today. We've had a few of those tweets this, this season about things not being good enough, like from Sawyers and some other players as well, uh, for, about things not being good enough. And none of those tweets have resulted in, in things being taken into action. And that, for me, with Pereira saying that and then coming up with two goals on Saturday and a good performance as well, it, just, it says a lot about Pereira for me. It says quite a lot about the way in which he, 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 he operates that he was really spurred on by the fact people thought he was unhappy about contract talks when actually he was just unhappy with the way the results were going and the way that his team were playing. But for me, Pereira, uh, a real star man today. Uh, Callum Robinson up front, um, 
Didn't really get in the game much, but of course made a big impact on the game with two penalties won. So, yeah, <laughs> can't really complain about that. Uh, Wolves, a bit under par for me. Uh, we're going to talk to Bish a bit more about Wolves in particular in a little bit because he, he obviously knows them better than I do. But didn't look like the Wolves that I've seen playing in occasional matches that I've watched from them. Uh, a lot of good running from Traore and Neto constantly beating our, our full-backs. But the quality of ball into the middle was just not good enough from Wolves. Um, I mean, it was just a really strange decision from from Nuno, you know, with the, with the line-up that he'd picked. He decided not to go for a three at the back, which everybody thought he would. But Saiz playing at left-back, Cody in the middle was subbed off, their captain. Gave away a penalty for Callum Robinson, obviously, um, and, and was subbed off. Yeah, seems to be a bit of unrest at Wolves. I'm going to ask him about the few about the future of Nuno Espirito Santo in just a minute when we get him on. Uh, Willie Bolly played quite well, gave the penalty away, but then had a goal and an assist uh, late, later on in the game. Yeah, Wolves were pretty poor. I think we would have kicked ourselves if we'd not come away with some points there because Wolves just weren't great for me. I think they just didn't they just didn't click. I think they're really missing Raul Jimenez. And I don't know the Wolves team that very well. I don't, don't claim to watch them very often, but they just I think they really missed... Raul Jimenez up top. I think they missed that focal point, a bit of craft, a bit of um, ingenuity, you know, coming forward and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but for West Brom, back to West Brom, enough about Wolves. We'll talk, to, we'll talk about them in a bit. Um, it was a really interesting game. It was a really good clash, um, one which in which I'd love to be at the Hawthorns for. I thought playing that game, first Derby in nine, it's a real shame that fans weren't allowed to be there. Uh, I think in regards to the penalties, I'm going to give my thoughts about them now, but of course Bish will be giving his thoughts about them in a little bit. Uh, the first penalty, uh, I think, might have just been outside the box. I don't like to say it, but unfortunately I just have to. I just have to be honest about it. I don't think it was inside the box. I think it was on the line, and I'm not sure what that constitutes to inside or outside the box, but for me that looks like an outside-the-box sort of thing. The second penalty, I think, was probably spot-on. I think Robinson's turned Cody, and I think he's got on the wrong side of him. I don't think there was any need to foul him, personally, from Cody, because I think um, Willy Bolly was was coming across to cover and he cleared the ball away. I just don't think there was real need for Cody to foul. However, he, there was a bit of contact. Not perhaps in... I, I, I'd have been annoyed if it was given against me, but I, in the, by the letter of the law, I do have to say it's a penalty. Um, we could have potentially seen a penalty given away for West Brom with, in the form of Gibbs. I think he was quite lucky not to get that penalty, get a penalty given away against him when the ball hit his hands almost on the goal line. I mean, it was really nervy. I think... Button could have, didn't cover himself in glory in that particular moment. Didn't come out and really assert his authority when coming to claim the ball. But that aside, I think we deserved a, a win today. I don't think Wolves were great. I think we were lucky maybe to get the win a tad. I think we definitely deserved to come away from something with something. Uh, I just, you know, I'm really proud of the team today. I think they worked their socks off. Uh, I just think they were they were great. I. I, I I still have my worries about Soyuz, but I'm not going to talk about that too much because it's going to put a dampener on them. I don't want to put a dampener on the mood because obviously West Brom will be rocking uh, tonight. It's a great performance from the lads and everybody's worked really hard. I think O'Shea and Gibbs perhaps looked a bit rocky at fullbacks, but you are playing two really quality, pacey wingers, be it with no end product as, as we found today. But O'Shea and Gibbs I thought were okay, but they weren't fantastic. Uh, substitutes who came on were Carnu, Furlong. Well, it's just Carnu and Furlong. I thought we'd made more than that. Uh, Sam Field was on the bench today, uh, after and Carnu uh, after 
Allardyce claiming that these get this game would come too soon for them, but I think with the COVID cases, Gallagher obviously not not involved today because of his yellow card. Uh, he's collected five yellow cards this season, and therefore he's not able to play. But other than that, um, it was it. Carney got back on the pitch for for twenty minutes. Uh, he didn't look quite quite as agile or anything like that. I don't think he looked particularly sharp. I think he, you know, Allardyce was right. He's probably going to be ready for West Ham on Tuesday, but not perhaps this game. I think this game might have come a bit soon for him. Furlong didn't really do much when he came on; just came in and put a good uh, few headers and and tackles in, which obviously helped to shore up the defence. Um, uh, Fields on the bench, which was good to see. I think he's nearly ready for full fitness and nearly ready for a game. I'm hoping that he's going to be given the chance to to make um to make a good appear good few appearances for West Bromwich Albion. I think he's got a lot of passion and I think he's going to do a good job I think um, perhaps when things are you know the way they are with the midfield perhaps not being agile enough but Sawyer's not perhaps pulling his weight I think perhaps this is the time for Field to step in especially on Tuesday night when Sawyer's might be a bit tired perhaps the mid, a couple of midfielders might be a bit tired but of course it'd be great to see um, Field get a game I, I, I'm a really big fan of him. I think the fans will have a lot more patience with Field than they do with Sawyers. I think their patient, everyone's patience has just worn a bit thin with Sawyers. But yeah, a really good performance. We're going to now reveal our Baggies podcast, Man of the Match, be it a bit early, but we're going to do it now. So the options I gave you, but I did give you the option of another one if you wanted to choose somebody else. But the options were Mateus Pereira, Carl Bartley, uh, Robert Snodgrass and Callum Robinson. Perhaps the Jai could have been in there as well. There were a lot of good performances uh, today, particularly the ones I've mentioned, obviously, but Pereira got 21% of the vote, Snodgrass got 13% of the vote, Robinson got no percent of the vote, a bit harsh on Callum, I thought he played alright today, and Carl Bartley, with 67% of the vote, wins the Man of the Match award for the Baggies today. I thought he was class, I thought he worked his socks off, I thought he was really good, I thought he just... It was it, he epitomised everything about everything about the team performance today. I thought he worked really hard, and I, I just feel he deserves you know all the credit for that performance. And he helped keep to keep us in the game at many points. So I feel Carl Bartley deserves a really really big um, big round of applause from the West Brom fans. Uh, you know, been criticised fair enough uh, a few times this season and last season for his lack of defensive organisation, but. You could tell he wanted this, but we do have to go. I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna go into this now. But about the set piece uh, and the goals that Wolves scored, because both of those could have been prevented. There was far too much passing on responsibility for corners. Both the game, both the goals came from set pieces. Bolly scoring one, Fabio Silva scoring another. That's one thing I'm annoyed about. Fabio Silva uh, getting getting a goal that just, just annoyed me because he, I don't think he's a good, he's a great player at all. But um, in terms of the set-piece goals conceded, there was far too much passing responsibility. As Sam Allardyce came out and said in the post-match interview, you can't expect to win a game when you 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 can't expect to win a game by scoring three goals every time. You have to screw up the defence. I think set-pieces. There was a couple. O'Shea perhaps to blame for the first one. I didn't think O'Shea covered himself in too much glory today. I just feel there was too much passing on responsibility. Too many players going, no, no, you clear that away. No, you clear that away. And I just don't think that we perhaps had that sort of effort in us to, to just somebody take responsibility. I think Bartley took a bit of responsibility when he just came out and cleared the ball. But there's far too much uh, dilly-dallying on the ball, perhaps near the penalty area, which could result against a better team and, and a bit more clinical. 
could result in a in a in a in a goal scoring opportunity for the opposition. I mean, I can't fault the lads' performance effort today. It was just really um, it was just really, it's just completely different to what we'd seen in 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 previous games. I mean, we just we worked really hard. We looked the best, and we looked um, so we looked so hard working. I think Snodgrass provides a, a real amount of leadership in that side. I think he he's obviously got that sort of mentality which allows him to go out there and, 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 and cause problems for the opposition. I think he showed a lot of grit and determination. There were a few really good challenges in there, which sort of, you know, fifty fifty challenges, which I think a lot of some of the players who've been playing who've been playing in the way they have recently would have shied away from. But not some Snodgrass, he came through uh, and and made big challenges and I think he's gonna be a real asset. Uh, you could see the leadership on the pitch as well. You could see the way he was talking to people. Grosicki fired a shot over earlier, and it was probably the wrong decision to shoot. But the way in which Snodgrass dealt with it, and he was he was having a right go at Grosicki, saying, "You know what you're doing? That's not that's not a really good team decision." Uh, and I think he was just working really hard, Snodgrass, and and showing the effort levels that he should really be showing. But for me, we had a really good game, and I'm really pleased with the performance. Your Baggies podcast man of the match was Carl Bartley. My man of the match, I'm going to give it to Snodgrass. I like the way Bartley played. I'm just going to go for something different to what you guys have picked. But I thought Snodgrass played really well today, and I thought he worked his socks off. And that was obviously a great win for, for the Albion. So on this week's episode of the Baggies podcast, as I mentioned in the introduction, we are joined by a special guest, and that is FIFA YouTuber Bishers. Bish, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So Bish is obviously a Wolves fan, if you can't tell by the, the FIFA cards in the background of his room. Uh, and he's going to come and hopefully give us some insights from Wolves' perspective of the game against uh, West Brom today. So Bish, firstly, how would you sum up today's game from a Wolves' perspective? Uh, how would I sum up the game? Frustrating? Uh, the word frustrating comes to mind. Um I think at half time, uh, we were t- as we were two one up. Willy Bolly uh, really helping us out there. Um, you know, spirits were high at half time, but um, I suppose I think we get a bit complacent really, and um, everything just kind of fell apart in the second half as it has done. We've uh, we've got very used to sitting back with about twenty minutes to go, and. Um, it, we paid the price once again. We paid the price once again. Yeah, so obviously there were a few penalty, potential penalty decisions and, of course, two penalties that were given in the game. So firstly, what did you think of West Brom's you know, actual penalties that were given? Um, I thought the first one, uh, Willie Bolly's tackle, was a close call. Um, I know within the rules it does say if the ball is on the line, therefore it is counted as in the box. However, I'm just, I am just—I need to have a look at it closer. I'm not sure if he actually there's enough contact there. But if, it's, if, if there is enough contact, then you can't really argue with it. And then up the other end, <laughs> a very dodgy uh, call, maybe. A handball from Kieran Gibbs, which uh, sent me absolutely wild in the living room, which uh, wasn't the nicest thing uh, to see when you're 1-0 down already. Um, but, uh, yeah. It was. It was. It's. It's annoying because I. I want to say that um, I can blame the referees, but at the same time, our performance didn't really live up to that. And then the third penalty, Connor Cody has brought him down, and that is 
stonewall, really. I thought Connor Cody really had a disappointing performance, which isn't uh, what I've come used to for Connor Cody, but he's used to being quite solid. But today, he just it was a stonewall penalty, and there's no arguments can be made about it. So, well, with the the first one, I think he was um, Robinson and Bolly were literally on the line. It was, I think, yeah. I I, I personally, when I saw it, I thought he's going to overturn it. But yeah, not not the case. So uh, with regards to Connor Cody, it was obviously the first time that he's been substituted off. I think this season. How did what did, what sort of message does that send from from Nuno to to the Wolves supporters and obviously Connor Cody, your captain, being subbed off? Well, it's it shows the supporters that no player is safe in the team, not even the captain. I mean, he's only missed uh, one game this season. I mean, I think this is the only uh, a few weeks ago. It was the first game he'd ever missed. Um, as Wolves captain for uh, a few for a few years now since Nuno came in uh, in our first in that championship season and it just shows that no player is safe in this team not even your not even your captain and I think bringing on Eight Nori for him was actually quite a good decision because Eight Nori gave us a bit more of attacking threat and to be honest in that four back uh, I don't think Connor Cody really suits the four back to be honest because. He's got a brilliant range of passing on him. And when he's in the middle, he's got those angle angles that he can make. However, with the fullback, I don't think he uh, is living up to his uh, full potential, to be honest. Yeah, I think uh, he works a lot better when he can sit a bit deeper in that back three and almost play, you know, in the, the classic quarterback style for, you know, like in the NFL when they're just launching balls down the side. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, it's annoying to have to focus on, you know, dubious penalty decisions in a, in a, you know a game in which it should be a, a pretty fair contest. How do how do you think the penalty decisions affected the game as a whole? Um, I think the final penalty uh, just sealed the deal. Really, um, just the Wolves' heads completely dropped. I mean, you saw um, the cameras pan over to Nuno, who just looked completely deprived of all. Um, all confidence and all all happiness, to be honest, as, <laughs> as he was sat there on his um, sat there on his bench, which actually I don't think spreads a really good message to the fans and the players. Really, it's a, as if he's lost a bit of fire, lost a bit of motivation. But I mean, the third penalty sealed the deal. Uh, I think the first the first penalty kind of um, spurred us on a bit, like. I think we went into the game a bit confident, uh, the players did. I mean, I didn't, because I didn't even put my both my Wolves players on my fantasy team. They were both <laughs> on my bench. Because um, I kind of had a feeling after our poor run of form. But I think after that first penalty, uh, we kind of kicked into things. And then um, early on into the second half, we just lost it. And then the game played out. Yeah, well, the, yeah, it was... It was a difficult watch, I'd say, for Wolves supporters because you come out and you play a team that's second bottom in the in in the league, and it, even if they are your your local rivals, you in that sort of situation, you'd you'd really want to win. But uh, with with regards to the way in which Wolves play, can can you see um, you know a way back for for Wolves in, in the way that they've been playing? Because obviously they're on a pretty poor run of form. Can you see? You know things, things changing around is in the lineup to to give you a bit of um, stability and to get you back on the road with the points. Um, I think changing back to the five would help um, because ever so we we've changed to this four because I understand what Nuno wanted to do. He wanted to change to the four and kind of establish ourselves 
as a top. He want he wanted to establish us as a top six side. That was what he'd set out to do, and he wanted us to control games, control possession, and it just really hasn't worked because we haven't we haven't been able to build and the the. The injuries, don't get me started on the injuries. <laughs> Obviously, Raul Jimenez out, which is just absolutely... It's it's team-killing, that Jimenez injury is. I mean, we saw today, obviously, Willie Bolly had been out for about four weeks before the game, and he automatically makes an impact. He gets a goal and assist, and he never, never gets a goal and assist, and it just proves how much we miss him. He is a threat, and, of course, he is a really solid player at the back. And yeah, change into that five formation, obviously with Cody in the middle. Obviously, then Donk has just come back from injury and we're still missing Johnny, uh, Markel. We're missing Podence, who is probably one of our most threatening players. He's like Adama Traore, except Podence, I think, has uh, more of an end product to him. Mm. Um, I don't say Adama Traore did poor today, but his end product just wasn't really there and it hasn't been... Uh, since last season, to be honest. So, uh, you know, put, putting all, all rivalries aside for, for a minute between West Brom and Wolves, can you pick a man of the match from both, from one from each side, so one for Wolves and one for one for West Brom? Um, man of the match from the Wolves side, I'm going to go with first. I think uh, from a Wolves perspective, I've got to go with Willy Bolly, to be honest. Um I think it was a close, close one between Willy Bolly and Fabio Silva. Um, obviously, Fabio Silva being quite young and to get a goal like that, which I think he took quite well. Um, mm, he did. With a, lot of, with a lot of composure, bringing the ball down and slotting it past uh, Button, who played uh, over Sam Johnson today. Obviously, um, with the current situation he is in. Um, mm. But yeah, it was between Fabio Silva and Willy Bolly, and I'd definitely give it to Willy Bolly today, considering he hasn't played for a while and has come in with a goal and assist. Uh, man of the match from uh, the Albion. I think I've got to go with Mateus Pereira, really, there. Um, really caused us some problems, obviously put away two penalties, which uh, is obviously going to get his stats up. But I think he did cause us some problems, um, especially in midfield. We seem to lack a lot of... Um, a defensive gusto in the midfield. Obviously, we've got Dendonka in there, but Mateus Pereira was just too much to handle for them. And especially, he's got a bit of pace about him, which Willie Volley and Connor Cody can't really stand up to in the middle. So, yeah, man, man of the match for West Brom has to go to Mateus Pereira. I'd have to I'd have to agree with Willie Bolly as man of the match, but Fabio Silva a good shout. I, I was I was quite, I said before the game if we let Fabio Silva score against us. We've had that. We've we're going to have have to have had a bit of a shocker because he's obviously he's come into the Wolves team and and he's obviously he's one for the future and it's a bit unprecedented him having to play this many games when obviously Jimenez would be playing uh, for West Brom. I went for Robert Snodgrass, obviously a debutant today. I thought he he scrapped well. I thought he tried really hard. The the view the listeners have voted on Twitter. They've gone for Carl Bartley. Uh, which is an interesting decision. I thought he just just because of the fact I think he threw himself in 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 the way of quite a lot that came Definitely, towards yeah. the West Brom goal. So finally, Bish, the final question I have for you is obviously uh, something that's been trending on Twitter today is uh, Nuno out. Uh, so what? Where do you stand in that sort of argument? Are you in or are you out? Um, at the moment, I am a hundred percent Nuno in. I think he's done wonders for the club, and I think taking him. Taking him out of the club, I mean, the players respect him. 
not only obviously there's the whole Portuguese persona that we've uh, managed to obtain over the last few seasons, but Nuno, he does wonders for this club. And I just think he needs a bit of guidance, really. I mean, he's new to managing. He is very new to managing. He's only been a manager for the past maybe six, five years, something like that. And um, he is very new to this. I think he needs a bit of guidance. Uh, maybe that could be like bringing in uh, an assistant manager who's got a bit of experience behind him and maybe getting some new tactics in. I think sticking to that five at the back, would would no one would be arguing uh, against Nuno in or Nuno out. But at the moment, uh, Nuno in all the way unless we lose to Chorley 5-0 in the FA Cup. Yeah, <laughs> obviously that game coming up for you very soon. It's, it's going to be an interesting one for Chorley, obviously beating Derby in that in that previous round. But Bish, that brings us to the end of your interview. Thank you very much for having us on. And obviously, I've mentioned Bish does have a, a FIFA YouTube channel. Bish, where, where what sort of stuff do you do on there, and where can can we find that? Well, yeah, I've just had like a slight change of branding. I've gone from Bish's FIFA to just Bishers on the main channel because I've been uploading some Connect Sports. I even uploaded yeah. uh, I even uploaded my own uh, Premier League table prediction at the start of the season. Obviously, it's still based around FIFA, but I'm trying to get just a whole uh, football style. Maybe, <laughs> I'm going with a bit of a Chris MD style. So, yeah, you can find me on YouTube uh, just at Bishers. Uh, that is just it. No longer Bishers FIFA, just Bishers. And then you can find me on Twitter at BishersYT. And uh, that's about it, really. You don't want to see my Instagram, mostly because it's a bit bland. So, yeah, YouTube, Bishers. There you go. Well, Bish, thank you very much for coming on. I'm sure everybody at the Baggies podcast appreciates you coming on. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed myself once again. So, I'm sure you'll all join me in thanking Bish for coming on the podcast this week. Obviously, massive help and giving a good insight into what's going on at Wolves and the game from a Wolves perspective. Uh, And made some very relevant points there, very good points. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, West Brom getting the three points in the end. But um, yeah, even if perhaps we didn't deserve the game, you know, deserve the win on a whole, I think due to the lucky, you know, the perhaps unlucky decisions we've had in the past uh, over the Premier League season so far, I think we deserved a bit of luck with VAR and the penalties and the refereeing and all that sort of stuff. But without further ado, let's move on to talk about the game on Tuesday night. It's a double game week for us. And we're playing West Ham United, which of course a massive game in terms of Premier League survival. Another team who are around that sort of mid-table bracket. Obviously, not a derby, but um, it's going to be one that hopefully we can get ourselves up for. I mean, West Ham got a strong 1-0 win at Burnley today, which is obviously um, going to be a boost for them. And they've obviously been in quite good form. They haven't lost for any of uh, since the 27th of December. Sorry, since the 21st of December. They haven't lost for nearly a month now. So it will, it will, you know, nearly a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're in good form. They're 1-0 win at Burnley today. Capitulate, you know, sort of epitomised that. They, they played really well. Burnley actually dominated possession in that game. Bit of a strange one. Uh, West Ham, you know, they've found a bit of identity is what I'm saying. They've solidified the defence. Quite a few good defensive performances, only conceding two goals in their last five games. So obviously that's really good defensive work from West Ham. And they're obviously finding a bit of identity with a team that perhaps lacked it beforehand and I'm hoping that we can perhaps well this might be a bit of an upset if we were to win but uh, we'll have a lot of confidence going into the game after this one obviously I'm hoping that we can carry forward this good optimism and perhaps this um good ideas and this good philosophy that we've come out with today's game with we obviously work really hard and we obviously 
tried our very best in order to uh, halt the opposition in walls, and we did really well defensively, uh, apart from perhaps those corners which need to be worked out, set pieces really need to be have a look at. Um, but then you look at the attacking side of things, and you thought we weren't actually that bad going forward. The long throw worked, that could work in future. Uh, penalties, I feel like we, we created good opportunities either side of those penalties. There were very good opportunities being made by us, and towards the end of the game, there was, there was good defending. If you minus those set pieces, then you've got uh, you know the set pieces that you conceded from. You've got a pretty good defensive performance, and I'm hoping that we can carry that over into the West Ham game on Tuesday. They'll be full of confidence, but so will we. So I'm hoping we can go out there and give a good battle. I'm going to go, you know, I'm just hoping we can see the same level of effort and commitment. We know these players perhaps aren't good enough for Premier League level, but if you can see that level of application that you did in today's game, I'm going to have no faults with the team whatsoever. I'm sure a lot of fans won't either. I'm sure they'll see that. That, that performance today and, and think wow you know they've they've earned their they've earned they've earned the win even if you lost today you think you know can you blame the team no because they put their heart and soul into it uh, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to West Brom I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet but I do think that we'll be able to notch a goal up in the other end time for some transfer news here on the Baggies podcast of course we've heard a few little rumours Snodgrass the only addition to this window uh, and by Diagne, I'm going to say that's how you pronounce his name. I'm going to hope that that's how you pronounce his name because, uh, yeah, I might have just butchered that. But we'll see uh, how that one plays out. He plays for Galatasaray at the moment and is obviously uh, could be available on a loan, uh, which is a bit of a strange move considering he scored nine goals in his last 14 matches this season for uh, Galatasaray. But uh, so what I've heard, I've spoke to a few Galatasaray fans on the internet not sure where you find them, but they were all over our post, so I was asking them a few questions about their striking situation. They've got quite a few strikers, a lot of them on a lot of money, and a lot of them um, uh, scoring goals, but there's quite a few of them, and they've taken a bit of a you know financial fair play hit, Galatasaray. There's been a few issues there with financial fair play, that they might get a ban if they don't reduce their wages and their, and their spending sums. But yeah, Mbaye Diang uh, scored nine goals in his last 14 games, not Premier League proven, could be available for a loan and with an option to buy if West Brom stay up, which I do like the idea of. I think that's probably the best sort of structured deal that you're going to get. Uh, I personally think that uh, he, he could do a job for us. He's big, he's strong, uh, doing a good job in Turkey, but it's just whether he can do it in the Premier League. It might take him time to adapt and by that time we might already be relegated. But yeah, but potentially another striker could be coming into the Hawthorns, not perhaps one that hasn't been aware of before. But Kenneth Zahor uh, from Millwall, Obviously, he's on loan at Millwall at the moment from the Albion, but could potentially be coming back uh, this this uh, this weekend. So you'll probably know by the time you're listening to this podcast whether Kenneth Zahor could be coming back. But yeah, that could be another option for Big Sam. Strong striker. Just needs to up his work rate, really. Needs to make himself a bit more of a... Um, of a, of a hard-working player, to be honest, to fit Big Sam's system. So that might save you a bit of money on buying a different striker, maybe if you bring back Kenneth, because you've loaned out Charlie Austin, if you didn't already know this week, to QPR, when he scored on his debut, of course. But, um, yeah, if Charlie Austin can get himself firing, it could be anybody's game, really. Uh, sorry, if Charlie Austin, you know, if Zahor can get himself firing, it could be anybody's game for West Brom up front. There's quite a few good options if you bring back Zahor, and I think things could really work. Uh, with regards to um, the low, the outgoings potentially for West Brom, uh, Cedric Kipre might be going out on loan. That's one. Uh, Raheem Harper might also be going out on loan. There's a few bit of interest in him, so I heard. And Filip Kravinovic might have his loan terminated and might be going to Hajduk Split in Croatia. So there's a couple of different uh, ways of freeing up some funds there. But yeah, Sam says that they've had a few unlucky decisions with transfers where people have 
agreed and then said no. Hamza Chowdhury uh, was one of them, which we mentioned in last week's podcast. People have been looking, uh, you know, to buy, to get him in on loan. Hamza Chowdhury, a lot of West Brom fans seeing that as quite a positive move for us. But I'm not sure if he's going to, you know, want to come on loan. I don't think Leicester want him to come on loan. I think Brendan Rodgers wants to buy him outright, wants us to buy him outright. So we'll see what, whether that one develops. But and buying Liang, Diang, sorry is the one that uh, we seem to be looking at at this current moment in time. I think we still need another defender, whether that be a full-back, to allow a bit more depth at, at centre-back with uh, you know somebody like O'Shea moving across there. I think you need a left-back, personally. I think the reason you know to get Gibbs, I think, is to get Gibbs out of the way, I think, is Sam's priority. I don't think Gibbs is, has got it anymore. You saw it in today's game, him being run around by Adama Troy, but it's easier said than done to shift Gibbs. He's on quite high wages. I'm not sure he's going to want to come in for him. Uh, a striker, obviously, as I've mentioned, high priority here at West Brom. We need a, a big striker to play Sam's system. Carnu sort of did a bit of a job today, holding the ball up a little bit, taking the ball to the corner, but that's sort of what you need him for on the bench, really. I, I think you need a starting striker who's big and strong. I thought Robinson did a good job, but he's not a striker. I think he'd pr- prefer to play him out on the wing. But yeah, that's all your latest transfer news with regards to West Bromwich Albion in the Baggies podcast. So it's now time to hear your thoughts in the final part of the episode. Uh, we've heard some. We've asked you some questions. Well, we haven't asked you any questions. We just asked you to sum up today's game in the comments uh, and to pick some pros and cons from the game. So, from the Wolves game, uh, Matt says, "No amount of money can shift the power in the Black Country. Will always be ours." Obviously, <laughs> referring to today's game, it's fantastic to see us getting back in the Black Country derby and winning. The Black Country remains ours until we play them next time. So, no amount of money will shift the power in the Black Country," says Matt. Uh, C. Hawthorns comes in and says, uh, desperately needed points was what today was. Uh, pros were most of the team worked hard and fought for their result. He's right. And cons, Sawyers looks lost in this league. I know he's Albion through and through, but he costs us possession too many times this season. He tells a good story on Twitter, but rarely looks like he's given his all for his team. I have to agree with with, with him. Uh, I mean, I want to support Sawyers. I want to support the t- entire team today. But I can just say that there's one anomaly in that team, and that's Romain Sawyers today. Everybody else worked the socks off. Him, I don't think I don't think did at all. I don't think he worked hard enough at all. Giving the ball away quite a few times. Uh, there was one, one, one part where he's on the edge of the box and Nelson Semedo just sort of skipped and nicked the ball from him. He, he's just too casual. He likes to do things at his own pace. And at Premier League level, you just can't do that. So that's why Sawyers, for me, uh, was, wasn't, wasn't a good performer today. However, plenty of positive performance and plenty of decent games from West Brom. Uh, decent performances from various players in the squad uh, so there's lots of positive to take it's just Sawyers seems to be the anomaly I'm hoping that when Gallagher comes back he'll replace Sawyers but we'll have to see about that of course but without further ado that brings us to the end of the podcast I'd like to thank you all for joining me in this first audio visual podcast if you're listening on Spotify Apple podcast you probably won't know what I mean if you go on YouTube you'll be able to see that you can see me talking in you know I'm going to call it the studio. It is my bedroom, but we're going to call it the studio. Uh, so, yeah, if you're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, just let me know about the sound quality. As you can tell, new microphone, if you can see on YouTube. Not the one I've been using before. So this is a brand new microphone. So hopefully the sound quality is a little better for you. But oh yeah, that's the end of the Baggies Podcast episode 28. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're new around here, make sure you're following me on Twitter. Make sure you're dropping a subscribe on YouTube if you're watching on there. And dropping a like if you're new as well. Hoping to bring you some new videos over the next over the course of the next week relating to transfer news. I was thinking about Football Manager bringing it to the channel, but we'll have to see. 
Uh, make sure you leave your comments with your thoughts down below in the comment section, and I'll be sure to read them and respond to any any that come through. But without further ado, this is the end of the episode 28 of the Baggies Podcast, and I'd like to thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time, and have a great week. And remember, the black country is blue and white. I'll see you next time. Goodbye.